0: I, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute the office of President of the United States, will to the best of my ability preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. So help me God.
1: coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana to join the conversation at area code 914-803-4131 that is 914-803-4131 uh, if you are a member of Blog Talk Radio you can listen to uh, the show on the page and join the chat room blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan sign into your free account and then you can uh, join us in the chat room and leave your comments, questions, et cetera, There. If you're listening after the live broadcast, after the live podcast, you could always leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc. on the show thread at liberaldan.com, facebook.com/liberaldan, or at liberaldanradio on Twitter. I also just got off the pre-show uh, for Liberal Dan Radio uh, that is on TikTok. So. I try and do one of those every week. Sometimes I fail, but I try and do a little bit of a pre-show over there just to kind of hype this up, hype that up, trying to get more uh, people following on both. Um, There's Liberal Dan Radio. The best way to support the show if you can't financially afford to support the show is to go to youtube.com slash Liberal Dan Radio or youtube.liberaldan.com. Either way, it will get you there and you can support the show. Subscribe to the channel and if, more subscribers I get the closer and closer I get to the thousand viewer threshold, I'll be able to monetize what goes on over there, get assuming I get enough views. Also it might convince me to create more content more quickly for that platform. So there's that. Um, but of course as always we just like to start each show with this week's headlines. Trump lawyer Sidney Powell was included in the defamation suit by Dominion and could be on the hook for her part of the $1.3 billion settlement that Dominion is seeking. Powell stated in her defense that no reasonable person would believe what she said. I guess she figured if it worked for Tucker Carlson, it could work for her. Unfortunately for her, Tucker Carlson was a lawyer making a legal argument in court. Things don't look too good for Sidney Powell. They are seeking to have her disbarred for claiming that she said things that should not be be believed in court. When Joe Biden tripped up some stairs leading to Air Force One, Madison Cawthorn, Republican congressman, stated that he believes that we should have a president who can stand. Madison Cawthorn said that we need a president who can stand. Now, the Berlin Radio does not believe that there should be a litmus test on whether or not one is um, mobile on one's feet in order to hold the office of the president of the United States. But it is ironic that Madison Cawthorn does unless he, for some reason has no sight set on the highest office in the land. The irony is delicious. A mega container, the length of the empire state building is currently stuck in the Suez canal causing shipping backups that could impact shipping in the region for a while. If it causes too much of a headache, they might need a gaza strip in food news jensen carp married to danielle Fischel, the actress who played topanga bought a box of cinnamon toast crunch from costco on topanga canyon boulevard carp who used to be a guest on the piston shrimp content podcast found shrimp tails in his box of cereal Woo-hoo! doesn't have the same ring as duck tails. Uh, anyway, and that is this week's headlines. That story is just, it just goes on and just keeps on giving. I mean, you have claiming that Cinnamon Toast Crunch is, uh, they wanted, they, they said there's no way that you could have had shrimp tails in your cereal. And then they're like, oh, well, why don't you send us the bag of, you know, so you, we can determine whether or not, what, what the situation is. Like, how are they going to determine whether or not the, the shrimp, got in the bag. Now that the bag is already open, it's like pandora not Pandora's, but like Schrodinger's shrimp. You know, the, the, the bag either has shrimp or doesn't have shrimp, depending on whether or not you open it. Well, it's already opened. You've already opened Pandora's box too. So how the heck are they going to determine from an already opened bag of Cinnamon Toast Crunch? Which, which leaves a lot of other questions. Apparently Cinnamon Toast Crunch is a kosher cereal. Shrimp is not kosher, but if a rabbi certifies that kosher is that good enough, or are the cinnamon toast is cinnamon toast crunch tainted what else could have possibly made it into a bag of cinnamon toast crunch i don't know if you look at the book of lists there's some disturbing things that could be like here's the average candy bar has like seven rat hairs if you wanted to know that fact i think that's one of the facts that stood out to me i don't know if it's exactly seven rat hairs it might have been less it might have been more but there is a non negative non-zero number of rat hairs in the average bar of chocolate. Does that make you want to have another candy bar? I don't know. There are a lot of things that I personally like to uh, keep out of my mind when thinking about things. Like, I mean, I don't know when the next time I'm going to go to a buffet is because this pandemic has proven that people are gross and even more gross than what you already thought they were. Um, but, you know, go into a buffet, you know, they have these rules typically where you have to bring a new plate every time you go to the buffet, but that's always confused me because you don't have to bring a new cup to go to the drink machine. But if I'm drinking out of a cup and I'm not using a straw and then I'm putting where I put my lips onto the little button that releases the soda, then isn't that contaminating the soda thing? Isn't that, a violation of some sort of health code should I, should, should, shouldn't we be required to get new cups, but if we require to get new, if we are required to get new cups, then that means that they have to find another system to track who bought soda and who didn't buy soda, because some people buy the soda and some people don't. Some people just stick with water. So if you buy a water cup and then go back up and get a regular, it's a whole mess. And then just think about the you know, when you go to the bathroom at a restaurant. How many times you see somebody go like go to the number one, go take a leak at a urinal? I mean, I'm a dude. I use the men's rooms. I'm I'm not familiar with what goes on in women's rooms, but I'm sure you know whether or not whatever they're doing, they're sitting in a stall, whatever it is. You know, you, I'm sure you all have seen people get out of the stall, not wash their hands, and just go into the restaurant. Those people then go touch the implements that you're touching. And boom, icky stuff spreads. This is something i thought about before COVID. Now we have to deal with COVID. Now we have to deal with, you know, I think now in some buffet situations that the people are still are serving you the food. You, don't, you can't pick up the food yourself. And that might be a better model just in general to have, say, I want some of this, serve me some of this. So only one set of hands and a, well, hopefully a gloved set of hands will handle that food. But that's going to be a while since I, till I go to a buffet. I don't know. Even when they open things back up, really not like it is now in, in Louisiana, but I mean, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go to a buffet in Texas. I mean, it's ridiculous. We're, we're still waiting on, I, I made, I think it's officially now two weeks since Texas has uh, opened up Texas. Um, Texas COVID-19 rolling average. Texas rolling average. We're going to see, bring that up. I I had a conversation with somebody back and forth on TikTok. And my issue was... um, what it was going to look like, what Texas was going to look like, on a rolling average for the last seven days. Now that because COVID has a fourteen-day incubation period, so let's see. This is the average positive test rate. Now we are still at. It looks like it went down on the average. I don't know if that's a seven-day average test, or whatever. But this is, like, I think the first day when you potentially should start. See, and that's the 22nd. So so we don't have anything listed on that site for the 23rd or for the 24th, at least on this website. So let's just bring it COVID. Seven-day rolling average. Ooh, that's a better website, I think. I would like to get it by state. This one is only giving it by country, though. Uh, that's not the good one. By state. There we go. By state. Daily testing trends. Johns Hopkins. U.S. There, that's That's the map I'm looking for. Texas. They have it. Uh, seven-day moving average is 6.9. So we're going to see, starting today, what the average rate should be. This is the seven-day moving average. What day was this? Hmm. It's not saying what the day is. It's just saying March. How many tests are they doing? Total new tests, 92,000. Feel like they're doing much less tests. So, so the positives are six point nine percent. This is this is the seven day average. Okay, chart was a little difficult to see. Anyway, point is is that I may or may not have to say that I was wrong on TikTok, and if I do have to say I was wrong within a week, I'd be more than happy to say I was wrong within the week. Uh, but this is the start. Uh, let's see spikes in historical data anomalies comes by the shifts in data collection March third. Blah 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 blah. blah. So there's some shifts going on there. But anyway, you know, we'll we'll see how Texas is doing when it comes to the average data and we'll see if if there's any reason why, if it doesn't see it, if we don't see it's like why or why not? Maybe it's because of that vaccinations. Maybe the vaccinations are having a real impact on tests. Maybe people aren't getting tested because they are vaccinated and as such are not feeling the symptoms. So We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how that happens. Even though the te- there's no showing whether or not the vaccine really just helps with the uh, vaccine helps with the virus and not getting symptoms, or if it really helps not getting the virus altogether. So there's still more data that needs to be collected by these by the scientists doing the research. So anyway, we're going to go ahead and take the first commercial break. And then we will take your calls as well. Um, And we're going to, you know, I'm going to make it an open line. We are going to be talking about what happened in Colorado. But, you know, I will be happy to take your calls as well. And, again, I forgot to change up the order of the Knox block, as I've called it. Anyway, we will try and do that at some point. But, anyway, the phone number is 914 914 803-4131, that's 914-803-4131, this is Liberal Dan Radio, talk from the left, that's right. gone mad. One progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the Liberal Dan radio minicast. Alright Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say. Sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Dan family. Because family means no one gets lost behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Day and Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right.
2: And I think to myself, what a wonderful show. Mm, yeah.
3: Greetings. This is Nimbus Josh Catch you on the
1: tune. If you enjoy Liberal Dan Radio, there's many ways that you can support the show. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can like me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter or TikTok. And you can become a Liberal Dan Patreon. For as little as three dollars a month, you can get a shout out. Higher levels get the opportunity to vote on what I do next on the podcast, the minicast, or on YouTube. You can even buy commercial advertising or sponsor bits. So go to patreon.liberaldan.com and support the show today. Hey there, podcast listeners. This is Deminox, host of The World According to Nox. It's time for season two where I take you on another trip through my world, the world of movies, video games, pop culture, and more. Relate them to the world around you. Don't forget to leave a question for Marscat and find me on Twitter by the handle xdeminox. That's the letter X like X-Men, D-E-M-I-N-O-X. Now enjoy the rest of your podcast. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out BudgetEars.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kind of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do. But BudgetEars is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out BudgetEars.com or go to YouTube.com slash BudgetEars and help make your trip the best it can be. BudgetEars.com is not a travel agency, and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. Do you want to set money aside for a rainy day? Do you want to open an account that will give you a savings bonus each month? What if I told you that you can get both and have a chance to win $10 million? Yotta is an FDIC insured bank, and when you go to yotta.liberaldan.com, open an account and make your first deposit, you will get 100 entries into the next weekly drawing. You will also get entries each week you have a balance. So go to yotta.liberaldan.com. That's dot And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Jimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana, to join the conversation. It's air code 914-803-4131. It's 914-803-4131. You can also join us in the chat room, blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. Go to the episode page. At the bottom of that page is the chat room that you can join as long as you are a free member of blogtalkradio.com. It's free to do. Why not do it? Join us in chat. Have some fun. Uh, leave your questions and comments, especially if you're too shy to call me up on the phone. But I don't bite. I'm pretty nice. Uh, I have people from the left and from the right and from the center calling into the show from time to time. And I like to think that I uh, deal with them in a way that is fair and equitable. Although we did have somebody who, who was not happy with the fact that I think I took over about an hour on, on the three-hour show uh, next last time. Or two times ago, and, and uh, I'm sorry did not get to that person, but I was just on a roll, and sometimes it happens. But unlike the late, not-so-great Rush Limbaugh, I will take people from all sides of the aisle and not worry about how intelligent they may or may not be before bringing them on the air. In fact, I prefer to have intelligent people from the right call in because I prefer a challenge, and I prefer to have my thoughts challenged with intellectual thoughts and not have to deal with low-hanging fruit or fish in a barrel or any other uh cliche that one might want to use because i'm convinced that on shows like the former rush limbaugh's uh f- fraudulence and is it fraudulence in broadcasting or flatulence in broadcasting either way not something you want to deal with but no longer have to deal with it anymore <laughs> so the uh anyway the his show would call have people call in and the liberals that would call in uh, were, were typically ones that were not the smartest bulbs in the six pack brightest but i like to mix my mix my metaphors not the sharpest bulbs in the six pack uh so uh yeah, yeah i'd I'd listen and i'd be like why are these people why do you go why do you let them call? and then i realized why they let them call in when i tried to call in and make a point about I think what we were talking about it back, I think the last time I tried to call the Russ Limbaugh show, which is like the only time I tried to call the Russ Limbaugh show. I think it was about the filibuster. It was about the nuclear option on the filibuster. And it was, you know, I basically was saying how the nuclear option back then it hadn't been triggered yet uh, because it was a while ago, but the nuclear option um it just—I think it was—I think it might have been like 2008 or so where the discussion of that was going on, because it wasn't yet to the point where uh, you had the the, the defection of Ireland Specter in Pennsylvania to go flip to the Democratic Party. Um, so you know, and they were talking about how, or maybe it was the maybe it was even before that. Maybe it was during Bush. I think it was during Bush's tenure because yeah, it was even earlier than that. It might have even been before Hurricane Katrina. It might have been like 2004, 2003, when I think they were talking about using the nuclear option when Bush was president, and you had a Republican Senate, but you had the Democrats able to filibuster at that point. And basically, I was saying that the filibuster was was based on a lie, and that in order to have an actual rule change, you need a two-thirds vote to get cloture. And the person was like, do you think they would filibuster a rule change? I'm like, yeah, if, if they would filibuster a rule, a, a, a law change, why would they filibuster a rule change? And then and then the call screener laughed at me and hung up, which I appreciate the fact that the call screener hung up on I me, mean, unlike other shows, which would just let you sit on the air for the entire show and not get to you. Um, but the point is, is that it was back in the day when, you know, they were, hadn't quite yet. Pulled that trigger on nuclear option, and it, the whole the whole idea of a nuclear option is pretty much based on a lie. That you know, the, basically how how that works is you you challenge the ruling from the chair, to say I don't believe that the chair, you know I don't believe that the filibuster can be used on such things, and the chair, who is typically the same as them, goes well I do think that it can be used on these things with the intent that now the the, the people, while well, we challenge the ruling of the chair and you challenge the ruling of the chair, and if they successfully challenge the ruling from the chair, uh, guess what happens? They nuke the filibuster uh, because you no longer, you, you've now officially challenged the ruling. So now it's official, I guess, the policy that, that you can't use the filibuster on this particular thing, even though, it's not a rule change. You didn't follow the, the the ways to change rules. So it's all based on a lie. And and I criti- and on this show, I criticized the Democratic Party when they did it first. They pulled the nuclear option on Obama's judicial nominees. And they made some deal where they would only do it on the lower courts, but not the upper courts or whatever. And then, the, but of course, the Republicans came in and were like, well, you know, since the Democrats use the nuclear option, we're going to use the nuclear option. We're going to do it even even harder. And now that the Democrats are in control, they're like, oh, well, we're not going to do it. We want to keep the filibuster as it is currently, which is broken. Filibuster is half broken anyway, so why not just get rid of it? But of course, why why don't we get rid of it? Because of Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin is, I think, even more conservative than the Republican governor of the state that he represents because even the Republican governor of West Virginia was like, who cares if we spend too much money in this bill better than spending too little. I'm like, this is a Republican talking. What the heck? But he's probably an actual populist Republican and not a pseudo populist like break. I do you want to talk about one thing that it advertised for the show, which was the fact that Dr. Rachel Levine uh, has been confirmed to, to the Assistant Secretary of the HHS, Health and Human Services. And it is a major step in the way of trans rights because Rachel Levine is the first openly trans woman to be serving in this sort of capacity. So, and of course, Republicans have their collective underwear in a bunch. Regardless of what type of underwear it is, it's all in a bunch. Even if they have a commando, their proverbial underwear is in a bunch because they don't like the fact that you have a trans person serving in this official because they just don't understand trans people. And so the transphobic nature of the Republican party, uh, the hatred of trans folk, um, well, Le- Rachel Levine is a Dr. Levine is a graduate of Harvard and of Tulane medical school uh, has written on public health crises, like opioid crisis, medical marijuana, adolescent medicine, uh, she was Pennsylvania Secretary of uh, Health uh, by Republican majority in the state Senate after government, Governor Tom Wolf appointed her in 2017. Levine is described as deeply qualified for the role. Um, she will bring city leadership uh, and essential expertise we need to get people through this pandemic, no matter their zip code, race, religion, sexual orientation, gender identity, or disability, and meet the public health needs of our country in this critical moment and beyond. And that is a direct quote from President Biden. And, you know, I'm sitting here on Twitter and I have these conversations with uh, the ultra-left folks. And and normally I, I leave my criticisms. You know, on this show, I don't hold back on criticizing my side of the aisle. You know, of course, people who are on the ultra-left would call me a Republican, even though I support things like Medicare for all and, universal basic income, a living wage, that sort of thing. You know, I support those things, but I'm a Republican because I voted for Biden in the presidential election. <sighs> anyway, so these people would be like, you know, oh, the parties are the same. They're just two, it's not even two, two different sides of the same coin. They're the same side of the same coin, blah, blah, blah. Two, if, if, if they're left wing and right wing, it's still the same bird. <laughs> you know, it's just ridiculous that they have to do all that. Oh, so, You know, I haven't even played any of my bits. But anyway, but I, I think it's, it's great uh, that Biden picked somebody who is qualified that happens to be a trans woman. And that's ultimately what equality is. Uh, he didn't pick her because she's trans. He picked her because she's qualified. And she just so happens to be trans. Would a Republican do that? No. That's one of the biggest difference between the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. The Republican Party will pick somebody because they're in X group if they want to say, hey, we're good about these people. You know, they put like Ben Carson in charge of HUD. What does Ben Carson like? Ben Carson knowing, know, knows about HUD because he lived in a house. You know, that doesn't make any sense. Like it's like putting DeJoy in charge of the post office. He never had any expertise or experience running the mail. You know, only experience that Joy might have ever had, again, is, as I say, in my GOP coup series. He probably mailed a letter one time. That's all he knows about the post office. And unfortunately, he can't be fired by Biden. they, They need to fill the vacancies on the, I guess, the Board of Governors or whatever it is that they call that runs the post office. And they could fire him at that point if they feel that he's doing a bad job, which, you know is doing a terrible job at but republicans will be like hey look at this person i'm supporting see i'm inclusive democrats are like here here's this person who's well qualified oh that person also happens to be trans so it's great for trans folks to have that exposure but the qualification is the more important thing that's the difference between the two parties before we hit that commercial break let's go ahead and play um do words of redneck wisdom first because we have, we have two things to play. We're going to do Words of Redneck Wisdom.
0: And now, Words of Redneck Wisdom, brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio.
2: Hi, now.
0: One of the main problems in this country, Jeff, that the American people has got to put a stop to, is these politicians, these corporations... And these individuals that are trying to divide us by race, they're trying to divide us by sex, because they want us against one another so they can cram down whatever they want down the American people's throat. Somebody needs to bring this to light and start pushing it in this country, because who are the Democrat politicians in Washington to tell me that I'm racist? So, you know, why tell me I'm racist? I'm not a racist person. We're all Americans, and they're destroying our country by racism. Obama started it, pushed that issue so that they could try to do this. They want to rule the American people, Jeff. Talk about slavery and this and that. What what do they think they are? They want to be your masters to tell you what you can and can't do. They want to take our guns. They want to come in our home. You know, I'm not going to give up my rights to my
2: Second Amendment.
1: And this concludes Words of Redneck Wisdom, brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. And I probably should have done that after the break, some more talk about the whole gun control thing that's what I'm going to be talking about after the break, but it's fine. You have that now out in the air, out in the ether, and we can hit the next commercial break. Uh, come back, take your calls as well. We will be talking we'll do the just money minute first, and then we'll come back. We'll talk about what's happening, what's happening in Boulder. Um, I just read a post on Facebook of somebody that I did not expect to see talking about, uh, talking about gun control he was supporting gun control i'm like hey, hey look at that that is amazing But anyway come back after the break 914-803-4131 914-803-4131 this is liberal pain radio talk from the last that's right gone mad. One progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the Liberal Dan radio minicast. Alright, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say. Sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Dan family. Because family means no one gets lost or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Day and Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right.
2: And I think to myself, what a wonderful show. Mm, yeah.
3: Greetings. This is Nimbus Josh
1: If you enjoy Liberal Dan radio, there's many ways that you can support the show. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel, you can like me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter or TikTok. And you can become a Liberal Dan Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can get a shout out. Higher levels get the opportunity to vote on what I do next on the podcast, the minicast, or on YouTube. You can even buy commercial advertising or sponsor Bits. So go to patreon.liberaldan.com and support the show today. Hey there, podcast listeners. This is Deminox, host of the world according to Knox. It's time for season two where I take you on another trip through my world. The world of movies, video games, pop culture, and more. Relate them to the world around you. Don't forget to leave a question for Marscat and find me on Twitter by the handle xdeminox. The letter X like X-Men, D-E-M-I-N-O-X. Now enjoy the rest of your podcast. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out BudgetEars.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kinds of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do. But BudgetEars is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out BudgetEars.com or go to YouTube.com slash BudgetEars and help make your trip the best it can be. BudgetEars.com is not a travel agency, and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. Do you want to set money aside for a rainy day? Do you want to open an account that will give you a savings bonus each month? What if I told you that you can get both and have a chance to win $10 million? Yada is an FDIC Insured Bank, and when you go to yada.liberaldan.com, open an account, and make your first deposit, you will get one hundred entries into the next weekly drawing. You will also get entries each week you have a balance. So go to yada.liberaldan.com. That's yott taliberaldancom And welcome back to Liberal Dane Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. The phone call is 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. You can also join us in the chat room, blogtalkradio.com slash dan. Sign into your free blogtalkradio.com account. Go to the episode page. Join us in the chat room below. Leave your comments, questions, concerns, et cetera, on the episode itself. And I will get to them as soon as I can. So... Also, uh, the time is running out in the show for me to say that it's an open line, but uh, if you call in and I've been known to go late or go long, I mean, technically the show is listed as a three-hour show every week, so I don't have to adjust it every time I need to adjust it and make it longer. However, uh, you know, typically I only go for one hour unless the need arises for me to go longer than that. So, But usually at the bottom half of the hour, I like to go to – Uh, the new segment on the show, which is the Just Money Minute with Amber Rose Petrovich.
4: This is Amber Petrovich, a.k.a. Just Money, talking finance and investing with the Just Money Minute. This one's for my people who are thinking about joining the stock market or thinking about trading options. Obviously, joining the stock market and trading options both carry risk, but the reward potential should outweigh that. What you need to do is just start. Did you learn craps by standing by the slot machines and watching people roll dice? No, of course not. You put your money down on the casino table or downloaded the craps app and started playing. You won't learn the market until you have skin in the game. And if you want to learn options, just buy one. When you buy an option, you're betting that a stock will hit a certain price by a certain date, both of which you pick. You'll pay a premium to buy that option, and the premium is the most you can lose if that stock price doesn't move in your favor. Now, when you start trading options, you'll only buy a call or a put. Stay away from writing calls and puts when you're just starting. This has been the Just Money Minute. Build wealth and fight the wealth gap.
1: And there you go. You can find her at Just underscore Money One on TikTok, Amber Rose on Twitter, and there you go. Um, and there'll be more places where you can find her online shortly. If you can remember, uh, as she stated, you know, investing involves risk, and if uh, – Liberal Land Radio is not a financial show, um, but we do d- discuss financial issues from time to time. You should always talk to your financial advisor to determine whether or not the investments that you make and the risks that you're taking are right for you and your portfolio. Now, um, let's talk a little bit about Boulder, Colorado, and gun control. You have Denny Strong, Nevin Stenific, Ricky Olds, uh, Trelona Bart Takwiak, Terry Laker, uh, Officer Eric Talley, Suzanne Fountain, Kevin Mahoney, Lynn Murray, Jordy Waters. All of those individuals are people who died at the hands of the shooter. Um, 21-year-old uh, who walked into, walked into the uh, store and uh, killed those 10 people, murdered those 10 people. Uh, they do not know what uh, the... Uh, Motive is at this point in time. Um, but what is clear is that we don't have, and, and people were like, well, he was taken alive, Betty White. And he, you know, there, there was an interesting conversation that was had on a friend's post of mine on Facebook, uh, which uh, was, you know, saying, well, his, his, na- he's a, his name is Muslim. It's um, Ahmad Al-Aliwi Alissa. And, but yeah, but you you look at him and he looks like a white dude, uh, which which is basically what white privilege is. If you look white, guess what? You're, you're going to be treated as if you're white. And so the fact that he wasn't shot dead by cops shows, you know, the fact that if he was this person was black, he'd have been dead. There would be no. He wouldn't have gotten to go to the hospital. He wouldn't have gotten to get treatment and then be a waiting trial. He'd be dead, no doubt about it. He would be dead. Uh, the gunman bought a Ruger uh, AR-556 on March 16th, the day another mad gunman went on a shooting rampage in Georgia. Um, he uh, seen the suspect with a, with a machine gun, according to a relative, a few days earlier. Um, and in recently in that county, a judge had recently tossed at the behest of the NRA, they had tossed a, a weapons provision, so, I mean, when are we going to learn at this point? When are we going to learn that, that, that we need to do something? And the conservatives are always talking about, well, this isn't the time to talk about Well, when is the time to talk about it? When is the time to talk about gun control, according to conservatives? There, there never is the time. The time that we want to talk about it happens when, you know, something happens because we can't get them to talk about it at the time. And we still can't get them to talk about it. See, there was a two-year assault rifle ban in the city of Boulder. Um, Let's see, a week before the shooting, an NRA-backed challenge spurred Colorado judge to block Boulder from enforcing an assault rifle ban as it oversteps the bounds of so-called bounds of local government. And Philip Ruling said the judge gave law-abiding governor something to celebrate, and then, of course, somebody was able to use this to go kill somebody. Not just somebody. Ten people. Ten people. People who are, I mean, they say families. You know, they say, uh, you know, it doesn't matter if anybody has a family or not. They could be living on their own with no living relatives. It's still a tragic loss if that person... Is taken away from us you know you, you shouldn't the people shouldn't have to worry about this but of course they sit there and, and march 16th they had NRA victory in colorado um that posts on the 22nd about a well-regulated militia being necessary to, to the security of a free state the right of the people to keep bare arms shall not be infringed well guess what well regulated militia implies regulations Regulation. You should be able to have regulations of a well regulated militia. Seems to make sense to me. Now here's something else. You know You know, we want to sit here and talk about, you know, the the Republicans will talk about it and I've talked about this before. Um, the fact that you know they all oh, well the founding fathers said these people, these conservatives are always textualists. They are textualists we should read the laws as written. Read the laws as written. Don't look at, you know, judicial, legislative intent when it came to how it was written, had right. Read the laws as, written, except for the constitution. For some reason the constitution is like, Oh, well, the Founding Fathers said in the Federalist, Federalist 24, this, that, the other, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, but what happened to textualism? Textualism was all out the window when it comes to Federalist Papers. They love the Federalist Papers. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't look at the Federalist Papers. I'm just saying that the conservatives are hypocritical in looking at the Federalist Papers and not wanting to look at any arguments made around the drafting or writing of any other laws that are written because we should then know the intent of what these laws are. And be able to figure out what they what the words written in the law mean instead of having to make sure that everything is written exactly without you know oh well like when they got rid of the requirement to have like when they threw out the the baby and the bathwater in the Affordable Care Act when they decided that the mandate wasn't enforceable or you couldn't force states to accept when you couldn't force states to accept. Um, what we call it? You couldn't enforce the state to accept the increase in Medicaid, the, in the Affordable Care Act. So as such, in states that didn't that chose not to um, expand Medicaid, you then left a hole where people couldn't get coverage. I'm like, well, that wasn't the intent of the people. So you should have made a ruling that listened to the intent of the, make sure that the people who are now in that hole get coverage. But no, you couldn't do that. And then, of course, could have fixed it because the Republicans would block every single thing possible. So, I mean, I don't know how much more I can talk about, you know, the whole. There is more information that's going to come out. But we had Atlanta. Now I have Boulder. uh, In Atlanta, two hours ago, uh, authorities say police have arrested a man who walked into an Atlanta grocery store with five guns and body armor just days after Colorado. So somebody else. Trying to walk into a store with more guns, trying to cause more damage. Um, Two long guns, three pistols, all concealed. 22-year-old man has been charged with reckless conduct and is undergoing a psychiatric evaluation. So, fortunately, this person was stopped. But, but, and as again, it shows that we need more action done on gun control. You know, there's, there's a Jewish proverb that I learned when I was in Hebrew school. Um, and and I, I usually refer to the first part of it, first two parts of it. If I'm like, if I am not for myself, who will be for me? And if I am only for myself, who am I? Who am I? And if not, now when? So I, I don't remember the Hebrew. I don't remember the Hebrew. like uh, I forget it. it. It's something like that. Starts off like if and I, whatever. It's been a long time since I've been fluent in Hebrew. But anyway, the point is, you know, first part. If I'm not for me, who will be for me? So you always have to look out for yourself, which is not selfishness. It, it, it's you know, you, you do have to consider your own you know mental health, mental well-being. So you have to look out for yourself. You have to always have to look out for number one. But the second part says you don't do so. Selfishly. Second part: If I'm only for myself, who am I? Because you can't just just be for yourself. You should be for other people as well. Just look out for other people. And if not, now what That's that's the part here that I think is the most applicable. I mean, I think the second part might also be applicable as well. If I'm only for myself, who am I? What what type of what type of person am I if I only look out for myself? I need to look out for other people. I need to protect other people. That applies to wearing masks. That applies to, you know, trying to pass common sense gun control to make sure that people who are, you know, don't gather lose their family members to uh, sick, twisted, crazy, whatever you want to label them. I mean, I'm not going to say that they're all insane. Just some of them are just bad people. But you need to want look out for other people as well as yourself. But and then it's not now when. When do we? If, we, if, if we're not looking now at how we can protect people from gun violence, when are we going to do that? When is that going to happen? Well, the, the when for that to happen is likely going to be <coughs> when the people, because there has is, there is never been more support for gun control measures. It's widely supported. 60, 70-something percent of the people support gun control measures. It's only a very slim bit of society that doesn't support it relatively compared to everybody else. However, here's the thing. As we've talked about on shows past, the, the Republican Party in their coup, as I've shown on YouTube, go to YouTube, see my GOP coup series, the Republican Party has made it so that they could win with as few people as possible. They try and make sure that the people, where they have control, they solidify their control by gerrymandering districts to make sure that they don't have to do as much work to win. And then they make sure that where things are questionable, that the people who they don't want voting can't vote. That's why we need H.R. 1 pass, because it stops a lot of the shenanigans that the GOP is trying to do. So the GOP doesn't have to worry about the fact that something is widely popular or broadly popular nationwide. They just need to appease the people who are electing them. So as long as they have 50% of the voters in the districts that matter, they, don't, they could lose 100% of the districts that don't matter. They could lose them by 100% to nothing as long as they're controlling the districts that they need to control by 51%. So they can draw the lines as, as, as best as, as horribly as they can and make sure that they don't have a chance of losing them because they've now drawn the lines in such a way that makes it almost impossible for the Democrats to seize power back from them. So then they just have to keep those very small group of people who probably also won't wear masks, who don't care about gun control, who thinks that, you know, People die every day. So who cares if they get shot by a gun or killed by COVID or blah, blah, blah. That's what they'll say. So that, that's that's what's going to need to happen. Some action is going to need to be taken to take the power away from these republics. which means you need to get out there and vote. You need to stop arguing with each other. I need to make sure that at the end of the day. We can redraw these districts in such a way or eliminate the districts, if you follow what I've, I've said before and, and having slates at least congressional-wise, and then pass common-sense legislation that, it, that will protect people from what's going on. And anyway, let's go ahead and play the last bit this week's Hypocrite of the Week. This week's Hypocrite of the Week is former Trump Press Secretary Kayleigh McKennedy. McKennedy criticized Biden over his management of the southern border. Liberal Band Radio has stated issues with Biden border policies. However, it is the administration that she worked for that made changes that have made it harder for the current administration to deal with those issues on the border making her comments hypocritical. To see who next week's hypocritical of the Week will be, tune into Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central at blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. And there you go. Uh, I was struggling a little bit to try and find some hypocrisy this week, or one that would be good, and then I just stumbled upon Kaylee McKennedy's comments about uh, Biden and uh, the border. And look, trust me, I have said that, you know, I'm going to cover... Biden and the border uh, on this show, uh, and and with what's going on, you know, you have situations where children are at these uh, detention facilities for longer than the maximum required allowed by law. But to be said, when it comes to uh, what did Donald Trump do to make it harder on the Biden administration, you know, the the Biden uh, administration will say that uh, the Trump administration dismantled the. Uh, the ability of them to be able to effectively deal with the border issues. So that's what they're dealing with. Uh, some people have fact-checked that and say that that's maybe playing a little bit fast and, fast and loose with with the, with what's going on. Yes, the, the Trump administration did dismantle some things, did stop some programs, and as such, it has hindered the, the Biden administration. But there are things that do fall on the Biden administration that – are not necessarily Trump's issues. And it was four weeks ago uh, when Biden uh, reopened the facility for migrant children. Now the, these children that are here um, recently, they, they weren't allowing the press into some of these facilities. And now they have at least allowed one set of cameras into uh, the detention facility that uh, Biden just reopened. Um, uh, this facility, you know, they had kids playing soccer, you know, they have clothes, they, they have classes all day. They There's, they seem to be well taken care of, so it's not just kids in cages. But you do, but again, in my opinion, it's not necess- It's not great either. We should be doing a better job, put putting more focus on getting these kids into um, getting these kids into more permanent situations, or at least more long term situations until they can be reunited with potentially a family member of some sort. Um, as they're trying to either seek asylum or be reunited with family who may already be here. Um, And so there's there's more that needs to be done. I think Biden's doing a better job than Trump, but doing a better job than Trump on this issue doesn't necessarily mean you're doing a good job. Like if somebody gets an F and then you're getting a D, that's, that's not great. You know, if somebody got 0% right and they got 50% right, it's better, but it's still failing. So, and part of the issues, and and look, I I will will be fair when fairness is called for. The administration has said that some of the issues when it comes to getting the people out of the temporary facilities and into these HHS facilities is because of COVID, you now have it to where you don't have as much bed space in the facilities. And that is a fair point. But get them done. Of course, the you know, Republicans are complaining about, oh, well, Biden's putting the families in hotel rooms. Well, good. They should be put in, like, hotel rooms and not, you know, caged off. But that's that's an improvement. And it needs to be done. It needs to, you need to do more things like that. However, there's still more that needs to be done by the Biden administration. And it is important that we keep Biden on his toes and make sure that this administration and 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 one thing i didn't like to see was that the the media was having a difficult time getting information getting cameras now i don't think they should be able to show these kids faces and there's some protections that need to be that need to be done there you shouldn't be able to uh these these news agencies are for profit you shouldn't be able to just make a profit off of these kids there does need to be more transparency. Hey, Bringing a Boy, I don't know when you popped in. You just popped in with like four minutes left of the show. I mean, the show does say it's for three hours, but I'm ending it pretty soon. But thank you both, Bringing a Boy, thank you both for coming in and joining us for the last couple minutes of the show, and for commenting on one of my videos. And I will be looking at a video more thoroughly that you, that you linked to me. Uh, uh, this guy's... Uh, he linked to me a video about you know, dealing with COVID and health issues. And, and it was a apparently very popular online presence. A uh, guy has over a million subscribers on YouTube and his, his voice is jarring. I mean, I would like to think that I have a better speaking voice than this certain individual does, that I'm perhaps more suited uh, for talking about issues when it comes to my voice than he Maybe uh, bringing a boy. You might agree more with the content that this person is posting uh, but you know we will see. We I might I might make that one of my next video uh, prospects. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Um, but again, as I was saying, Dan, where are the children going that have illnesses here in America? And that's 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 a good question, bringing boy. And we need to have full transparency when it comes to that question. When it comes to these children. We need to, we can't have a situation like what happened under Trump where you had people that were separated. And, you know, I think you still have people that are separated from their families and with, because of how Trump handled it, you didn't, you, you might have potentially lost these connections from these kids, these parents for good. That's a problem. But even when, it, when when there's not a separation and when it's simply a child that's here without any parents and just alone. Seeking, seeking asylum alone, I don't know if there's twenty thousand kids. There may be. I don't. I don't know if that's. But let me, we can do a quick search on that. How many children alone border camps?
2: <laughs>
1: How many unaccompanied minors cross the border? It says more than four hundred thousand migrant children have crossed the U.S. border without their parents since two thousand and three. So that's like. 18 years, um, but I don't know by year what what the situation is. Let's see what's happening at the U.S. border. I am as of 21st of March. U.S. Customs and Border Control agents were holding more than 15,500 unaccompanied children in custody, according to U.S. media. So, according to the media, uh, at least 5,000 children have been kept over 72 hours of legal limit. Um Mayorkas blames pandemic restrictions and abnormally cold weather in Texas for the delay. And I think both are reasonable. Uh, in February, around 9,500 children who were not accompanied by the legal guardian were detained by the American officials. Uh, more than 100,000 people in total were stopped from trying to cross into the border that month. And that's an important thing to point out. Uh, 100,000 people in February tried to cross the border but we're not able to do so. We're prevented from doing so by who? The Biden administration. So the idea that Biden is just letting all the people in is false. However, I think it's, it's humane for the Biden administration to allow children who don't have parents with them to be let across so that they can be taken care of. Why do you keep comparing Trump? Because Biden has to deal with the best that Trump left him. America cannot even play with America into foster care adoption because few people will step up to the plate. And that's unfortunate that few people will step up to the plate. Uh, maybe we need to make things more accessible to people who want to foster children. Now, I know for a fact I mean, my stepsister has two foster has had two foster kids of her own, one of whom she adopted, and, and the other whom I think she's in the middle of adopting as well. But she has fostered other kids. Actually, if, if I was wrong. My steps, my the older of my two sisters, stepsisters has had three foster children in total. One of which was returned to one of her family members uh, after a long drawn-out situation, and, and she was hoping to be able to adopt that child. Um But I think the child is in a, is in a good place with that family member that the child ended up with. So my stepsister has done what was necessary uh, to help people. Um, But even if, you know, American has having problems putting children in foster homes, that doesn't mean we don't do anything with the uh, children that are here. So it's not 20,000. According to this article, this article says that it's 15,005, which is still a lot, but we need to, we need to we just, honestly at this point we need to follow what's going on we need to make sure that the media uh, on all the media not just you know the liberal media or the, or the left-leaning media or whatever side of the media you want to call the like MSNBC and CNN or whatever you know fox news everybody needs to hold the administration accountable for the actions that take place when it comes to what's going on at the border especially when it comes to children on the border and making sure that they are being these children are being well taken care of because it's not these children's fault. These children are victims in the whole process. Um, Trump did not have the border control. The president Trump had a mess at the end of the presidency. He, he did not, you know, according to the, according to the fact checkers, they said, this is true that the, the whole asylum uh, process had been just scrapped by the Trump administration. Now that doesn't mean that that's That doesn't mean that's the only thing impacting the Biden struggles on the border, but if you scrap the whole asylum process, that's going to make it hard when you're trying to deal with kids who are trying to get asylum coming into this country. Uh, so no, I, I absolutely reject the idea that that Trump had border the border quote controlled by the He, you know, there were people on the other side of the border just sitting there, doing nothing. Trump made it so that you couldn't you couldn't just simply do what you need to do to, to claim asylum. He closed, you know, you either had to do it at a port, or port, or on U.S. soil, and he closed the ports for it to happen, so you couldn't do it at a port. So you're forced people to cross the border to be able to say, I declare asylum. So it's like, you know, you take away one of the methods for them to do it, and then you, you try and stop it the other way. It should be, it's It's a violation of international law to prevent people from declaring asylum. You should, and honestly, you should be able to ask for asylum in the United, in the United States at any United States embassy or diplomatic outpost. Simple as that. that. That's where it should happen. You shouldn't have to cross a, you know, half a continent. You should be able to do it at, an, at, at any embassy or other diplomatic post. You should be able to walk up to them, say, hi, I'm, my name is so-and-so. I'm seeking asylum for myself and my family. People coming across the border said, oh, well, would you want to – I mean, if I wasn't in America, I wouldn't want to come to America while Trump is still president, especially with the big nature that Trump, uh, you know, likes to deal with people who are – because Trump is quite xenophobe, you know. Um, anyway, and even the Biden's, Biden administration today said, look, we can't let anybody else across because of the issues that are going on on our side of the border. We have to deal. We have to process what's going on now. First, you know the border is closed. So, it, but to, to think that Trump solved the border issue is just Trump just said we're going to try and build a wall. He said that Mexico was going to pay for it. They never did. <clears throat> he said that he was going to have the wall built. It never got finished. And he made it so that there was a big foster clock on the border. But my concern now specifically is for these children, making sure that these children are being taken care of in a safe way, especially with COVID-19. Um, I'm surprised we're not seeing more spread in these facilities with COVID-19. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I think that we have to, if the authorities have been seeing more migrants on U.S. border in recent months, a number of encounters by U.S. Border Patrol since October 2017 in late 2019 was the highest spike. Yeah, No, actually early 2019. It looks like January, February, March. It looks like April of 2019 was the highest spike. So that was a point where you didn't know that Trump was going to lose at, at, in 2019 because in 2019 you didn't have COVID yet. He hadn't failed the country in COVID. So in April 2019 is when you saw those. The largest number of encounters by U.S. border patrols uh, of migrants trying to enter this country at the U.S.-Mexico border. So we do we have seen another spike. It, it dropped in March, or it looks like around March or April of 2020. If that makes sense. Um, but, but as the year went on in 2021, it has spiked up a bit, but it's only at about two-thirds of the highest level of the Trump administration in the last two years of the Trump administration. So. Reject the idea that 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 Biden becoming president Biden becoming president, spurring these people to come to this country, is false. Because if that was the case, then why was there the spike in early 2019? So, I mean, the numbers don't lie. This source is from U.S. Customs and Border Protection. So, let's see. Number of migrant children seen on the U.S.-Mexican border has been risen recently too. Uh, 2019, again, April 2019, um, about 12,000 in that month. Um, in 2021, February 2021, it's just under t- like 9,000, as I said earlier. So, th- again, 3,000 more kids at the peak in uh, 29, April 2019, 3,000 more then than February 2021. So, again, more people coming during the first few months of 2019 one month that at the peak you have another two months where i think in february and march i want to say if i'm reading this graph correctly where you still have about 9,000 in those months as well and then it dips down from that but you saw an increase in february 2019 glad to see you're so carefree with my tax money i barely have enough now i go ahead and support all those children i mean it's everybody's tax it's my tax money as well I, it, it's it's you know, what are you going to do? You're just going to kick the kids away and say, look, sorry, closed. Moose out front should have told you. Is that what we do? Uh, I said, of course, they would have come over when Trump was president because if I was, and that's actually not true that they wouldn't come over. When, that was my joke. Of course, they wouldn't come when Trump was president. I joked about them not coming over when Trump was president because I wouldn't want to have be here. If I wasn't already in America, I wouldn't want to be in America with a President Donald Trump. That being said, looking at these figures that I'm looking at right now, and I'll, and I'll, I'll give you a, a link in the chat real quick so you can see it, it's on, it's on the BBC site. Okay, um, yeah, this it gives you the graph. early 2019, you had the highest peak in the last three years was early 2019, like around March, April, 2019. That was you know, 1,200 around, around 1,200 kids crossing the border, and almost 150,000, maybe 140, 145,000 people crossing the border um, in 2019, February, March, April-ish is when that peak happened. So clearly, despite my joke, my joke was based off of faulty information because in reality, you did have a spike during the Trump administration. So it is what, as Trump says, wait, what does Trump say?
2: Where is it? Where is it? Where is it?
1: Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Ah, there it is. It is what it is. There you go. Thank you, Donald. Um. Anyway, so we take care of. Our, I don't think there's a reason that we can't take care of both. We should, like, for example, you know, people are are are. One person on my Facebook wall was was criticizing the fact that we're spending money to put some families up at hotels to make sure that they're more separated, I guess, than other other places. Well. You know, they're like, what about the homeless population in America? Well, you know, if we wanted to as a country, I think, uh, what's what's the official number? Total number of vacant homes in U.S. There are more than 17 million vacant homes across the United States, according to the sentence. 17 million. How many homeless in the U.S.? 17 million vacant homes, 553,000 people. How many houses of that? How many houses could a homeless person have? If you just want to, we could have, we would have 16 million vacant homes if we just put every one of those people in a house. Boom, there you go. Let them live in a house. You've stopped the homeless for issue, because it, you, they now have a home. But we don't have the will. We try and take care of our people. We try, you know, give you know the poor food stamps and, and give them aid. And guess what? The Republicans fight it. We can't argue. Here's the thing. You can't argue that we should be taking care of our own before we take care of people who are crossing the border and then fight when we try and take care of our own. If you would – you, and you, I'm saying conservatives – if conservatives as a whole would get behind things like helping our own, making sure people have adequate placements, you know, make sure that people have a living wage, make sure that people can eat, make sure that, you know, make sure that people can have access to health care without having to worry about going bankrupt by having that access to health care, if we could have if, – if y'all would support that, then I might be able to buy your argument that we should help ourselves before we help others. But this goes back to, I think you came in just after I made this point, bringing it boy back to that old Hebrew thing that I was talking about, about maybe about five or 10 minutes before you joined in the chat room, at least. I don't know if you're listening longer than that. But before the chat, the old Hebrew, if I am not for me, who else will be for me? If I am only for myself, who am I? If not now, when? So first things... If I'm not for myself, who will be for me? So clearly that says we need to take care of ourselves and apply that as a nation. Our nation has to take care of ourselves. Who else is going to take care of the United States if we don't take care of the United States? But the second part, if I am only for myself, who am I? If If this country is only for the United States and doesn't help others, who are we? What kind of nation does that make us? And if not now, when? So if we're not going to help ourselves, now, when will we do so? If we're not going to help other people out now, when will we do so? We need to take action, and we need to do it now. now. Be it on gun control issues, be it on issues of taking care of the people in our own country that need help, when it comes to taking care of people outside of the country. like for, I saw people pushing back when Biden was like, Biden administration said, we're going to use, we're going to allow, we're going to ship out the AstraZeneca vaccines to Mexico and Canada. And conservatives are like, well, what about American citizens that need vaccines? Well, I mean, first of all, conservatives are the ones who are fighting vaccines. There's a significant chunk of Republicans who are refusing to vaccinate to begin with. So if you're going to refuse to vaccinate yourself, you don't get to say whether or not you then get to, what, what we get to do with those other vaccines. Third of all, You can't take the AstraZeneca vaccine here in this country right now. It's not approved for emergency use. So we have them, and we, but we can't use them, but other countries will use them. Why can't we let them have it? Biden's already got enough vaccines set up so that we can have enough vaccinations for everybody. He hit his target 40-something days early when it came to getting 100, 000, 100 million shots in the arms of American people. He did a good job with that despite Trump dropping the ball when it came to the distribution of the vaccine. Um, so yeah, we we should absolutely, every time we come up with a way to help other people, conservatives are like, well, let's help each other. Let's do it. Let's help. We need to help Americans first. But then when we're like, okay, well, let's help Americans. Conservatives are like, no, we can't do that. That's socialism. Don't spend my tax money. Which is it? Okay, people, foreigners over Americans. Who is saying to help foreigners over Americans? It's not. It's not saying that. You know, saying that we should help those people, the migrant, helping, saying that we should help migrant children, isn't saying that we need to help them over Americans. We need the first thing. Biden before Biden was really t- focusing on this one. Biden was pushing for the aid for the for the helping America during COVID. He was pushing for that. We can walk and chew gum at the same time. We, it's not an either or thing. We can help Americans while helping other people. We don't have to say, well, nope, can't help you now. Ignore your problems until all of our problems are finished. No, we need to deal with all of the problems, and we can deal with the most important ones first, and then cut slice them down. But we can do multiple things at the same time. It's like there's a concept in computing when you're writing code for for computers, um, like multi-threading, where you know it used to be where you would have one like one processor, or, or multi-process. Where you might have one processor that one processor does one. Day. So when the processor working on one thing, it can't work on anything else. But if you have multiple processors, or if you can create multiple threads on a single processor, you could and then you could take turns which thread is accessing the CPU. Um, you could you could then say, okay, you're gonna you this thread's gonna work on this task, this thread's gonna work on this task, this we can work on multiple threads at the same time. We can do multiple things at the same time. We are we are Americans, not Americans. Let's see. That's what we are doing by keeping all those people not all meet the definition for asylum. Well, they have to be processed and given due process to determine whether or not they meet the definition for asylum. And if they don't meet the definition of asylum, then we deal at that point as as we get there, but there are those that do. Let's say, don't say that we as a country should be doing that. I say you are right, but if you can do that for others privately, then do it for Americans. Yeah, okay. You know, you're not going to have to argue with me. We should be able to do for Americans what we do for if there. Are, if there are kids in America that need help, those kids in America. Should also get help but it doesn't mean that the kids who cross the border shouldn't get help until all american kids get help. we can work on both solve both problems maybe we can find a way to work on both combined who knows i mean i'm not expert on foster care i haven't dealt with the foster care system i've only been adjacent to it not my stepsister in maryland uh, she's dealt with the foster system multiple times with foster kids and was able, was able to take care of one before she would be a family member. And then um, another two uh, that she's really, I think she, I think she did adopt Damien, uh, her young younger one. Uh, um, there's one. There's some cuss now at this point that we're not going into all that. It's, that's, that's, that's not the, that's not the point of this show. Point of the show is the fact that, you know, well, at least just part of the show, is that, yeah, maybe we could make it more doable. Like, like adopting children is – I've seen people go through it, and it's, a, it's an expensive process to adopt children. Let's make it less expensive. How about that? How about we make it less expensive? And then more people might be willing to adopt. Maybe l- make it less of a headache. Make it so that yeah, you know you might have to you might have to have people um you know do some investigation on in the family and make sure the family place is safe is a safe place for kids, but you know once you get get it done, don't make the family pay for it, make the maybe the government pays for that, oh, but that's spending tax dollars, you know. So the conservatives are going to fight back because they don't want tax dollars spent. But then you get stuck having foster kids in the system instead of with a family and you're still spending tax dollars. So you're spending tax dollars on the way. Why not spend it, spend it in such a way to allow people to be raised in a family environment instead of, in a, instead of like in a group home of some sort. If you feed a – let's not compare migrant children to animals – Please, let's not do that. Let's just not do that. Please, it, it, it's not okay. It's not okay to compare migrant children to stray animals. Just, just, no, I'm going to nick that. Anyway, I spent a little bit more time than I anticipated discussing uh, the border issues, specifically because bringing a Boy joined the show late, so therefore I did extend the show a little t- extra 20 minutes or so. Um, they have a rigorous background to ensure child safety. The government doesn't have money. They spend our money. Fine. Yes. But the government's going to spend our money on supporting these kids in a home versus supporting these kids in a house. So yes, have a vigorous background check, but don't make it unattainable for families who might want to raise a child, but who, you know, can't necessarily afford that aspect of it. Don't make it more than having a baby. Don't make it more than giving birth at at the very least. And also make it cheaper to have a baby. Because I've seen the prices to have a baby. We have two. I've seen the explanation of benefits. It's ridiculous. We were fortunate enough that we were already at our maximum out of pocket when we had our second child. Therefore, we didn't have to pay a lot of money for that child to be delivered. They don't pay any money out of pocket for that child to be delivered, but holy crap, it's a lot of money if you don't have insurance. See what's wrong with animals? Nothing's wrong with animals. I'm actually looking to adopt two kittens to replace the kitten cats that we've lost in the last two years. I have a dog. I love dogs. I love cats. I love animals. They're great, but comparing people to animals is not something that's okay. Even when their behavior is like people, like animals. Like, hell, I got kicked off of Facebook for three days because I called people plague rats because they were acting irresponsibly in the middle of a pandemic. And that got me a three-day detention or three-day suspension or whatever you want to call it. I was in jail for three days in Facebook because I called somebody a plague rat. So, but while, while I don't necessarily mind saying comparisons that you're acting like a plague rat to an adult, let's not call children animals. No fault of that. They just want to be helped. Let's help them. Yes, the cost of having a baby is yikes. Absolutely. We can agree on that. And at that point, we will call it an end for this week's episode of liberal Dan radio talk from the left. That's right. I will be back next week, the 31st of March, and we'll be discussing more issues, more topics, accepting your calls, joining you you in the chat, and discussing the topics of the day. Uh, Again, if you want to support the show, there's patreon.com slash liberal band. Uh, If you can't afford to support the show financially, you could always uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. That's the best thing you can do. If you can't afford to chip in, uh, there's Twitter, Facebook, Pay the twist.com at LibelDane Radio on Twitter, Libberland Radio on YouTube, LittleDane Radio on TikTok. Um, go to band to find all the links. Until next week, Dan we Radio off on the left. That's right.